The opinions expressed in this show are the views of the host and not necessarily that of WTRW, 94.3 The Talker, or the Bold Gold Media Group. The following presentation is brought to you by the host of the program who is solely responsible for its content. The information contained in this program should not be construed as, nor is it intended for, medical diagnosis or treatment. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to On the Couch with Dr. John G. Kuna. Joining us today is our clinical director, Philip Kuna. Hello. And if you want to reach us on onthecouchnipa at gmail.com or my website, drjohngkuna.com. And for your convenience, our phone number is 570-961-3361. We have so many... Um, different topics to talk about today, folks, and we might um, get into some communication skills training and some other ideas. I just want to uh, mention that I happened to look at the Scranton Times Tribune, and certainly, you know, our radio show goes across many cities and many areas, and I'm not plugging the Times Tribune any more than I'm, uh, you know, I want to plug the Wilkes-Barre record or Times Leader or something like that. But anyway, so on the headline, you can certainly look this up online, the Times Tribune. It says, opiate deaths are growing. And Obama, which I think this is wonderful, you know, as he's coming towards the end of his administration. I mean, in a good way, the man's not stopping. Um, not being political as I'm not, but it's something that I would admire about anybody. He turns his attention to a serious problem, it says, at the National Drug Abuse and Heroin Summit in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Mr. Obama has said that more people are dying from opioid abuse than from traffic accidents. And he wants to have funding to face the danger of opioid abuse. And it's not just heroin. It's also um, oxycodone, Percocet, Vicodin, and all different type of opioids that are, are being used by prescription this was the information that you could find on pastop.org that we had talked about before. So if you'd like to see this and look into it, it's certainly um, getting headlines, headline news here. And, and there was something related to that. Mm-hmm. About this uh, weekend symposium. Yes, yes. At the Commonwealth Medical College? Yep. Yeah, so the Commonwealth, interestingly enough, and relatedly, the Commonwealth Medical College, uh, downtown Scranton, uh, is holding a symposium. Um, looking for the title of it, Keystone Symposium Spring 2016, The Opioid Epidemic, What You Need to Know. Um, from you know April 2nd, 2016, from 8 a.m. to 1230, um at the Commonwealth Medical College, pre-registration is preferred. Uh, I just find it interesting, and I guess you do too, it's right next to each other on the front page there, you know, so the, the one side has Obama here, opiate deaths growing, Obama turns attention to serious problem, right next to it, TCMT symposium to focus on opioids. So that's good to know that uh, the medical college in town is uh, promoting um, health and awareness. And there's so many topics this day. I really 
Not sure how people would pre-register. It's, it's in the newspaper. It tells you how to register or download a brochure at tcmc.edu slash keystone. And it talks about prescription medications and um, talks about pathway to recovery, a patient's story, mm. best practices in pain management, addiction services, pharmacology. So there's a lot here. A lot here that will be available for folks. Uh, certainly starts early in the morning, uh, seven fifteen. Seven fifteen to eight fifteen is breakfast. I was um, wow. thinking of going, um, planning on attending. Might might not get there till eight thirty myself though. Yeah, that'd be great. So much, uh, so much information. If you're a professional, continuing education credits are approved. Yes. So um, there's a lot of information there. Why this is important? We offer that as a service to the public, but also for therapists and for our clients to know uh, that if you're suffering from problems of opioid withdrawal and opioid symptoms, your therapist may or may not be able to tell apart opioid withdrawal uh, from the symptoms of anxiety or the symptoms of depression. So it's very important to work with your therapist and work with your medical community to be able to tell apart mental or emotional problems such as depression and anxiety as from the withdrawal of opioid. Did you guys see that commercial on opioids um, and and constipation. You know, I don't have cable. Yeah. Um, so I, I I do we do the Netflix and the the um Amazon Prime thing, but I saw it the other day. I don't remember where. Isn't that amazing? I feel like I was with you. Yeah. Was I? Yeah, I might have been. I don't remember where I was, but yeah, yeah no, I saw I saw the commercial. So yeah, continue. So it's uh <clears throat> it's uh amazing. It shows this a uh, large creature kind of looks like uh Betamax. <laughs> Uh, you know, I forget what cartoon that was from. Uh, so but it, it looks like a, it looks like a large fluffy pillow, but it's walking around and it's labeled constipation, and it has opioid uh, op- opioid. There's written, the pill was the yeah it was written right on the chest of the the large creature, very very innocuous looking creature. It doesn't look harmful by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it shows you. I think this was amazing uh, to educate the public to this degree. It showed. Um, a little person with the um, kind of cutaway, and it shows the nerve endings and things like that. And it says, when you take opioids, it also yeah. shuts down your intestines. And I thought, like, okay, uh, what else do you get for $1.95? So it shuts down your intestines, and it means, like, you're going to be constipated. And it says, you know, talk, talk to your doctor if um, constipation is a problem for you. Talk to your doctor if uh, taking something to help with the constipation when you're taking the opioids is right for you. And it went, went on and on. Very delightful commercial. You know, I have to admit. Um, so, but it's something to bring up that you know, if you are an opioid user and you've been having issues like that, something that um, I encourage you and everyone to talk to their doctors about. That wasn't. A, I just brought that up. Um, but the main reason for talking about opioids, as we talk about benzodiazepines, is because of the fact that many times there's side effects, um, and then the withdrawal symptoms of either opioids or withdrawal symptoms of benzodiazepines very difficult to tell apart from the ongoing symptoms of anxiety and the ongoing symptoms of depression. So those are very difficult, and you need a skilled therapist who can help you take that apart and help you discuss the appropriateness of talking to your doctor about withdrawal symptoms such that should be the case. Your doctor would certainly be the one to help you uh, with the potential for tapering opioid use or tapering benzodiazepine use while you work in conjunction with your therapist. Mm. Well, it seems that uh, we've been getting a lot of good feedback about couples therapy and communication skills, so 
I uh, kind of thought we'd, we'd talk about today uh, maybe a couple things about what it is, why do couples argue. We know why couples argue. Three things why couples argue is uh, sex, kids, and money. money. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's why couples always argue, but there's, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, it sounds like that covers the entire known universe, I'm sure, but there's, <laughs> there's more to talk about than that. And such things are assertiveness, uh, the ability to communicate your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions in a way that's safe for you and safe for those around you. And another thing to think about is worldview. And if you're talking to your spouse or maybe your boss and you find out that your your boss or your spouse has a different worldview and you never knew that, how many times do we get people in counseling and they say, well, we got married and we've been married for about eight years and we've just discovered that one of us wants to have kids and the other one doesn't. <laughs> how does this happen? <laughs> You know, that there's a difference in the world view. And people see the world in different ways. And uh, financially, I say, for example, uh, so let's talk about financial worldviews just for a second or two. A financial worldview would be in the belief that you pay off the sins of the past. Mm. And what does that mean? It means that um, you pay off your mortgage, you pay off your car. It doesn't matter. Um you, to every available penny goes into paying off the sins of the past. You know, I feel you have you know people like that. They want to pay off the past, and if they have a debt, they want to get that debt off their neck. And I, I have I have known people like that. And it's a, it's a good thing. It's a laudable um, characteristic. You know, it, it's sometimes not helpful to be too rigid either way. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, you can't certainly can't fault someone for wanting to. You know, eliminate the debt that's that's hanging over them. Um, you know, real quick, not to get too sidetracked here. I I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, you know, I don't understand why people people fight about money. They said, you know, it's it's real simple: money in, money out. You get your money in, you pay your bills, and it's money out. That's it, right? And it's well, it's not it because people attach value; they attach meaning to money. Uh, so you know, one person might might be really meaningful for them to um to get their child a really large gift um and that yeah. that's important to them yeah. uh someone else might have a different value system where the large expensive gift isn't as meaningful as spending time together or something else yeah uh so when it comes to money it's you're saying it's worldview and uh Values and meaning. Yeah, spending um, time together with the child rather than buying a large gift. Yeah. You know, um, but it, it's more complex than just money in, money out. Because yeah. we at, we attach a certain meaning to uh, to our finances. There's a there's a value to it. We see ourselves in it. We see a part mm. of ourselves in it. And if you believe in paying sins off of the past, um, you're not going to agree in principle with somebody who believes in the end of time which is i'm going to put every penny i have away for retirement every dollar every quarter because i'm not going to work for all my life and then at the end of my life have no money and starve and become homeless and i'm filled with fear and so you have two people who come into counseling or people who have dialogue about money never realizing that they have such 
different worldviews. One person wants to pay off the mortgage, pay off the car. We want to get away from this loan. I have to get this loan paid off. And the other person believes, no, I'll pay. I'm, I'm putting, I'm, I'm banking on the end of time. You know, hey, listen, those, those payments, they'll come and go. Um, we'll pay a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm sure we'll make it through. If you miss a payment, come say, come sob. And listen, what about the end of time? You know, we're going to retire someday and we're going to be penniless. And so they have different worldviews. But wait, there's a third. Hmm. And the third worldview is I don't believe in paying off the sins of the past. And I really don't believe in the end of time. I don't even know if I'm going to live to be at the end of time. I don't know what you're talking about. But I do believe that I'm going out this weekend. (laughs) And I believe I'm going to have a good weekend and spend some money and hopefully... I'll have something left to pay some bills Monday or Tuesday or maybe Wednesday of next week. We always do. We always get them paid off. But I, I want to get that new TV and I want to get that new sound around system. And I want that now because, you know, there's some really great basketball games coming up on the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, for all you people who are Syracuse fans out there, mm-hmm. good luck. Yeah, it's going to be... I don't know why... No one's building up the Syracuse story as the Cinderella story of the of March Madness. Nobody's even touching that story. Um, but I'm sure if you if you get at the right station, uh, at the right time, in the right place, they're going to be they mm. should be banging a drum on Syracuse as the Cinderella story of the the Final Four. But anyway, we won't talk about that. <laughs> this is not the sports. Uh, not the sports uh, section here. So the, the idea is that there's different worldviews, and and if you don't know or you don't identify, or you don't chat about it, and bring about it, and talk about it, you could just get so frustrated with your spouse. You can get so frustrated with the person that's supposed to be your partner, your significant other. You can get so angry and just feel like, you know, you don't really care about me. Um, you don't listen to me. They don't understand each other. They don't understand me. Yeah. And what it comes down to is you have a different worldview. I want to pay the loans off or I'll put money away for retirement, or no, I want us to have a good life now, and whatever happens, happens. And that's the idea, is the worldview mm. that a person might have. Yeah, and I I, um, I don't want to bring everything back to the psychology of time, but um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know I said this the other week too, but it seems like these worldviews again, you know, there's the, the present-focused one that's, you know, I'm going out this weekend. And I'm going to have fun. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's kind of a future-orientated worldview you talked about where mm-hmm. you know I'm saving for the end of time. I'm looking towards the future. I'm looking towards my retirement and planning for that. Uh, and then there's the one where it's you know the, the sins of the past uh, or paying off debt looking at. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. some present focus, maybe more past. But Yeah. So, folks, we'll be back talking more about worldviews and how it could affect couples' communication. We have a couple more examples uh, to talk to you about. We may talk to you about assertiveness training and communication skills. We're going to take a short break, and thank you for listening to Dr. John G. Kuna on the couch, 94.3 The Talker.
Are you feeling low or are you anxious all the time? Do you feel like your life is tough sometimes or are you experiencing relationship challenges or parenting difficulties or just want some help with everyday stress? If you're feeling this way, you're not alone. And while medication may help you cope with these problems in the short term, they may not treat root issues. You may want some help and Dr. Kuna and Associates can help. They offer evidence-based therapies in a confidential and compassionate environment. You don't have to feel alone. Dr. Kuna and Associates has 20 years of experience, 22 different therapists and 10 locations throughout Northeast PA. They have offices in Scranton, Clark Summit, Blakely, Music, Kingston, Tunkhannock, Shikshini, and Matamoras. Most insurance plans are accepted. You will be treated in a confidential and comfortable environment for addiction counseling, relationship counseling, adolescent counseling, trauma counseling, and mental health disorders. Call 961-3361. That's 961-3361. Or Google Dr. Kuna and Associates. What hurts can be healed. Hi, folks. Welcome back to On the Couch with Dr. John G. Kuna. And you can reach me at drjohngkuna.com or on the couch nipa at gmail.com. And our phone number for your convenience is 570-961-3361. Just to mention, folks, we're expanding our Blakely office. So if you're from that area uh, close to Blakely, maybe coming down from Carbondale, uh, we're expanding the office to meet your needs. And so we'll have... Um, Larger therapy rooms, larger waiting room. Definitely, would you say it's a larger waiting room? It would definitely be a larger waiting room yep. than the one we have now. Yep, yep, yep. So, very, <laughs> very nice facility, and uh, so we're expanding that. In fact, we'll be working on that um, this that weekend, just and uh, this evening. Uh, maybe even this evening. I, I don't know. I might be watching a basketball game this evening. But, True. But that's True. that's another story. No, no, no. Business first. Business first. <laughs> it's good to mix business and pleasure, relaxation. Mm, you got to mm, have balance. Right. right. Got to have some kind of balance. So we're talking about couples therapy, and we're talking about how couples interact and how people interact. Um, it's not just couples, though. You could even interact with your boss and say, he doesn't see the world the way I do. You know, I see the world differently. Uh, then he sees the world, and why, why is that? You know, uh, he's just a mean person, and I'm, uh, you know, a very kind person. Maybe it's, that could be part of it, uh, but it could be a difference in worldviews. And we talked about financial worldviews, and just to mention some other worldviews, and uh, it's just good to have these examples in mind. Uh, nature is a typical example of difference, a disparity of worldviews, and you think like, what would that mean? Well. Um, there's many religions on earth that believe in honoring all animal forms of life, and I believe Buddhism is one, Phil, is it, would you say? Indeed. So Buddhism is a form of religion that honors uh, all animal life, and um, I'm not a Buddhist, but it's interesting to, to know uh, they would not um, you know, push animals out of the road, they wouldn't hurt them, and they believe in a subjection or subjugation to nature, in the sense, if you're talking about this categorically, in terms of worldviews, it's kind of a rough way of speaking. It's not, you know, sharply defined, but you would say that the worldview is subjugation to nature, and, and obviously there's uh, individuals who don't believe that, and that's fine. Um, you know, I'm sure you you've seen different movies, maybe from Pixar, about people cutting down trees, and the Lomax is there, and you know, trying to save the trees because, you know... Avatar. Maybe the Avatar. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, the theme of Avatar was related to... 
Saving the trees. I mean, it was. I, yeah. I thought there was. I mean, I thought it was a cool, yeah. great sci-fi movie. But I thought also the, the the other theme was the, you know, environmentalism. Yeah, you know, yeah. the guys were coming through with the big machines, and you know, they were the the blue natives, and yeah, they're rolling through. Anyway, yeah, continue. So world use. Yeah, obviously I didn't see the movie, but anyway. <laughs> so the idea would be yeah. that you know, there's a subjection that nature is subject to us. You know, that we are supreme uh, and that nature is subject to us. And if we take down acres and acres of trees and maybe destroy the living place and livelihood of of many, many animal life forms, it's just the way it goes because we are supreme, we rule, and nature is subject to us. And that's a diff- world, different worldview. It doesn't mean that people are bad or good. It's just extremes of worldviews. In one, we are subject to nature. In the other one, nature is completely subject to us. And of course, there's a third worldview. There's always three. And in the third worldview, the third worldview is coexisting. Mm. And you may see that sometimes on cars and back on a trunk. It says coexist. Saw that and the other day. Did you? Really? Yeah. It took me a little trouble to read it. And I didn't mm. want to bump into anybody. Same here. Yeah. This is coexist. So the idea is that at times, at times we are subject to nature. At times nature is subject to us. And we blend the two. And that would be an example of a worldview. So why is this important? It's so important if your spouse or your significant other has a different worldview than you do. Uh, these are just examples. And they're examples to help us realize that worldviews are very strong. They're groups of beliefs and attitudes that coalesce and pull together. And sometimes people might not understand each other and uh, might feel differently about things. I remember many, many years ago, I was standing on my back porch with one of our family members, a younger person at the time, maybe in their teens. And they said to me, well, you have a couple acres here. And I said, yeah, I do. You know, so many that we cut grass and person said to me, well, when are you going to take the rest down? I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, when are you going to flatten it? You know, and, and, and take it down. Are you you going to take it down? you have plans to take the rest of the, the acres down? And I said, no. No, I have no plans whatsoever to take the rest of the acres down. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. You know, actually at the time it was getting pretty rough to cut the grass I had. But anyway... Uh, the idea was that my nephew was not wrong in his way of looking at my property, nor was I necessarily right. It was just that we had different worldviews. And the same thing is true about you know, having children or not having children, or spending money or not spending money, or buying property or not buying property. What do you want to do? I don't want to buy a property. I don't want to have a home. I want to live in an apartment. I want to live in a condo. I want somebody to do my walk for me. Well, you're wrong. It's not about being wrong. It's about having a different worldview and being able to express that with your therapist. You know, being able to talk about it and find out that perhaps the person that you care about or love so very much isn't a matter of right and wrong. It's a matter of seeing the world in, in a different way. It's something he just hasn't talked about up to this point. 
You know, I like the, um, I appreciate the, the, I guess the non-judgmental, mm-hmm. um, judgmentalness of it. Mm-hmm. The idea that, you know, it's, it's, it's not right or wrong. I mean, some worldviews, um, might be more helpful than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that you phrased it, it's, you know, if someone has a worldview about spending money, uh, now in the, in the present or paying off debt, uh, that is not necessarily right or wrong. I had, I had a young, uh, young person say to me recently, mm-hmm. and I, I loved it. Um, he goes, look, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to play toys. That's it. I'm stealing it. I'm totally taking that line. Right? So I like this idea that, you know, you're, you're not here to judge, you know, you're just here to play toys, you know, but the, the world views are, um, they're not right or wrong. Um, but they're important to, to tease out. They're important to make explicit, to be intentional about them, um, to avoid that, that underlying conflict. Well, when he doesn't understand me, I don't understand him, uh, without fully realizing or recognizing the, the differences in the, in the values, the differences in the worldviews. You know, that's part of the, the truth of it is that you, if you sit down to lunch someday and you, you think to yourself, well, there's two gentlemen sitting down there at the other end of the table and they, they seem to be struggling with their communication. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. And you draw closer to them and you, you start to be able to hear what their communication is and you suddenly realize that right there in that table in that restaurant you have a Buddhist who's discussing the value of the life of a cow with the owner of a slaughterhouse. (laughs) And you think to yourself, like, it's going to be a long day. Not going anywhere for a while. Not going anywhere for a while. Yeah, because they have such different worldviews, not because one's righter or wronger, you know, they're different worldviews, and it's going to take a lot of discussion, a lot of openness, and a lot of willingness to see the other person's point of view to be able to put that discussion together. Yeah. So speaking about that and putting discussions together, we might want to talk about assertiveness uh, training for a little bit and what it means to be assertive uh, one person to another. And I'd like to probably lead with an example um, that I think would be helpful. Many times assertiveness kind of gets a, I wouldn't say a bad rap, but it gets a truncated that, oh, you're being aggressive. It's not. It's being assertive. Mm. You know, aggressive means that you're going to coerce or force the other person to see your way or agree with you. Assertiveness means I just want to tell you how I feel and my feelings in, in a way that's safe for you and safe for me. I don't want to get involved in an argument necessarily. I don't see the need for that. And I'm not going to be too passive and just kind of pull back and go, oh, oh pish posh, whatever you say. That's fine. And I'd like to tell a brief example about that, folks. And True story. Many years ago, I had a favorite gas station that I would stop at and get a coffee in the morning. story goes back maybe 25, maybe 30 years. And I would stop for coffee and... One morning, I I decided I didn't want to wait for the brewing of the coffee to fill the coffee pot underneath, and I pulled the coffee pot out, and I put a cup there, and I let it dribble and pour into the cup. I don't do this anymore. I was a much younger man. But I poured from the coffee pot into the cup to help fill it up, and suddenly, I see this man walk in, and he walks in and walks around me. And from the left side to the right, you could see it. 
And he put his arm out so I couldn't see the coffee pot anymore. And he said to me, you know, there's coffee in those carafes over there. And I thought, well, actually, sir, you walked right past the carafes so you don't know what's in them. (laughs) But I didn't want to say that. So I just looked at him and kindly said, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I went to make my coffee, cream and sugar. The gentleman looked at me and he said, you know, you must be an expert. You didn't spill a drop here. And I thought, well, now I'm an expert. I didn't know I'm an expert, but I didn't want to say anything. (laughs) So I just looked at him and I said, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm here to buy a cup of coffee. I'm here to make a cup of coffee. I'm not here to get in an argument, sir. I didn't say that. All I said was, I'm sorry you feel that way. I went up to pay for my coffee, and I could still see him leaning, leaning against the counter, his arms folded, rocking back and forth. In a loud voice, he said, You want to see an expert, people? Here he is. Take a look at him. Here he is. He's an expert, I tell you. And the girl behind the counter looked at me and she mouthed the words, don't do it, don't do it. And I thought, I'm not doing anything. My biggest problem was I didn't want to walk out to the left of the coffee shop where there's a door because I'd have to walk around the building, whereas my friend, my new friend, was standing right by the counter, which is right by the door to exit, which is right by my car. I thought, you know, I'm here if I buy a cup of coffee. So I paid for my coffee and I walked out. And as I was walking out, he looked at me kind of like a, almost a grimace. And I, I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I got in the car and I drove away. And I want to tell you folks, I, it's not like my heart was calm and cool and collected. My heart was beating quite a bit, but I did distinguish myself appropriately. I wasn't too passive, like, oh, whatever you say, I'm an expert. Yes, sir. And I wasn't angry. Call me an expert, will you? No, I just said it very nicely. And I was assertive and I expressed my feelings in a way that was safe for me, safe for those around me. And that's what we need to do in couples therapy. Be assertive. Thank you for listening to Dr. John G. Kuna and On the Couch, the 94.3 FM, The Talker. <laughs>